Hey, it's Amy Newmark. I got snowed out of my recording session for this week, so you're going to hear the Amy Chesler episode in a couple of weeks. Instead, today we're going to replay one of my favorite miracle episodes. It's from a couple of years ago, and it was when Natasha Stoinoff and I discussed how my father missed Pan Am Flight 103 and her grandfather missed the Titanic. Changing your life one story at a time. This is the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast with Editor-in-Chief Amy Newmark. Hey, it's Amy Newmark with your daily dose of Chicken Soup for the Soul inspiration. It's Friday. I like to call this Friend Friday. And this is when we have a longer chat and we're joined by one of my friends. Today, my friend who's going to join us is Natasha Stoinoff. She is a journalist who used to write for People Magazine. She collaborated with me on a best-selling book that we published a year ago called Chicken Soup for the Soul, Hope and Miracles. And she's actually up in Quebec right now at a writer's retreat. So we're going to give her a call now up in Quebec. Bonjour, je voudrais parler avec Natasha Stoinoff, numéro 233. I'm sorry, with whom do you want to speak, please? Natasha Stoinoff? Yeah, just one moment, please. So much for my high school French. Hi, Amy. Hi, so I just tried to get through to you in French, and she switched to English, so I don't know, I felt like it was back in Paris, not in Quebec. That's what they always do in Paris. Oh, you were trying to speak in French? I said, je voudrais parler avec Natasha Stoinoff, numéro deux, trois, trois. It didn't work at all. She must have noticed that Connecticut accent. That's what it was. It was the Connecticut Yankee accent. Anyway, Natasha and I worked together on this book, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Hope and Miracles. And we had 101 really cool stories in the book about awesome, miraculous things that happened. And then we wrote an introduction together, and it was all about divine timing because both of us tend to be late a lot and we wrote about all the different times that being late made a really big positive difference in somebody's life. So Natasha, I thought you might want to start with your story about your grandfather. Well, of course, if it wasn't for him being someone who was always late, I would not be here today speaking with you. So he had a really great epic late episode that um, affected the lives of the whole family. My grandfather, we're talking now 1912, was a young man, and his family was sending him to America, as many European families did at that time, to go ahead, come here for a few months, make a little money, and bring back some American dollars. So he was scheduled to, he had a ticket on the Titanic. And then what happened was he was supposed to go with a bunch of his friends from their hometown of Macedonia, in Macedonia, Smirnish Macedonia, and his friends were late. So he was waiting for his friends by the ship, waiting, 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 and they had missed their train to get to Southampton. So when the bells were ringing, he ran to try and get onto the, it was too late. He had missed it. And so because of them, he, his life was saved. That and is a great course, story. By the way, which I didn't mention in the book, and I don't know if you want me to, to say this, took on a little bit more of an embellishment as the years went on. 
It's hilarious. What happened later? I mean, um, he he died when I was 10 years old. So had I heard the story before that, I would have asked a million questions, of course. I was already a young little journalist. But um, what happened? Uh, by the time he told the story, uh, you know, a thousand times over 60 years, the story then ended that he and his friends got in a small boat, a rowboat, tried to catch the, the Titanic, didn't get there and watched it sink. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> they, in their rowboat, they followed it all the way to the coast of Greenland. This was his, his embellishment as the years went on and as it got seen out. But the more hilarious, crazy, and pathetic ending was that when I interviewed James Cameron um, for Ti- when Titanic came out in 1997, I started off my interview with that story, and he roared with laughter, saying, you've got to be kidding. There's no way that's true. <laughs> but anyway, the bulk of it is true, that he was supposed to be on it, and he was late. All right, and then I have another story about... Being late, which ended up being divine timing. And I know this story is true because I lived it, and it's about my father. My father, this is, well, we're going to advance the clock a little bit to December 21st, 1988. And the phone rang, and I learned that my father's flight home from London on Pan Am Flight 103 had mysteriously crashed in Lockerbie, Scotland only 38 minutes after taking off from Heathrow Airport. My father worked in London part-time, and he was flying home that day to join us for Christmas. And of course, with that one phone call, everything changed for us. Remember, there were no cell phones. There was no way to reach anybody. We were filled with dread. But somehow I didn't believe it because I knew that my father was always late to everything, and he was constantly missing flights. You know, that was back when... You could miss your flight and you could still use your ticket on a later flight, even on another airline, and there was no financial penalty. So my grandmother was frantic. My mother was frantic. And I don't know, maybe I was just frozen with this insane hope that my father had missed the flight. Mm -hmm. So we kept calling my father's house. He had a house in London and we kept getting the answering machine, but we just kept calling every hour. And finally, hours later, we got a phone call. My father had missed the flight, had gone home, gone out for dinner, and then got back to his house and saw the blinking light on the answering machine and listened to all these messages. And he didn't even know that the plane had crashed in Lockerbie. He first heard about it from us. And all 259 people on his flight were killed, along with 11 people on the ground. He came home a couple of days later, and we had quite a meaningful Christmas. And now I've had 27 more years with him since then. He's 87 years old now, and we all count our blessings, and I think about it every Christmas. And I have to say, I was very relieved recently when I learned that Pan Am 103 um, was blown up with some of the seats empty. I always had worried that when my father missed that flight, someone else got his seat on standby. But it turns out that the flight was not full. So humanity was actually up one that night when my father missed his flight. Oh, my gosh. Now you can fully enjoy it. Now I'm wondering to myself if someone took my grandfather's place with his friends. No. I I hope not. How could I possibly check? But I'm so glad you found that out. Yeah, it was a big relief because for years I just thought, you know how flights are always full at Christmas time. I always thought that somebody else took his seat on standby, and I was really happy to find out that there were empty seats. 
So now I know you have another story, and it's about a more recent disaster. Um, mm-hmm. Can you tell us that story? My friend Alessandra, who was once my roommate in, in Manhattan, this is a, a woman who's never, ever, ever late. She's a top businesswoman in her family's company, and they have had an office in the World Trade Center for um, over a decade um, by the time 9-11 came by. And so that morning, she was waiting for her nanny to show up. Her nanny was 20 minutes late. And Alexander being so punctual, she was just, she was getting frustrated and angry and upset. And the nanny showed up and she ran down, got to the office, got in the subway. Now, she had also been working at the World Trade Center when there was a bomb situation um, several years earlier, 93, I think it was. And she got off the subway that morning, September 11th, and smelled smoke. No one down the subway station knew anything was wrong yet. There was just a little bit of a smell of smoke. And the first plane had just hit. And so she, she said she immediately walked across the, um, you know, between the two subways, went right into the subway going back up north, and just went straight home without asking any questions, without waiting for any information. She said, nope, I'm out of here. She got back, and apparently she was pretty much on one of the last subways that kept going, that, that was still running, because the subways closed soon after that, because when the second plane hit. And so she literally, she would normally have been at her desk by about 8.30 in the morning. Um, and now she was arriving just before 9 or, or right around 9. And so those 20 minutes saved her life. And to this day, every September 11th, she puts a little Facebook message to her nanny saying, thank you, thank you, thank you. If you were not late that day and I wasn't late that day, I wouldn't be here. Wow. A sinking ship, two acts of terrorism, all narrowly missed because people were just a little bit late. Natasha, it makes us feel good about ourselves, right? There's some virtue to us being late all the time. I remember we were late getting that book, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Hope and Miracles to the Printer, but we decided that was a virtue. Every time I emailed you and I said, can I have more time? And you're like, yeah, 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 no problem. I'm late doing this. Every book gets to the printer in the nick of time. It's just in time publishing. So, yeah, time. yeah, we, we, the two of us, we managed to justify being late now. And we'll keep referring back to these stories. We'll be fashionably late forever. Thanks, Natasha. That was so great. It was really fun doing this podcast with you. It's always fun to talk to Natasha. We are great friends. We had so much fun making that book together, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Hope and Miracles. There's actually a foreword in it by John Edward, who Natasha has worked with for years. So that's another cool thing about the book. And if you want to read some more stories from the book, go to our website, chickensoup.com. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.